So today, we're going to be talking about, well, the topic of today's sermon is called edifying love. And I believe it's going to be of great importance. Um, it's going to be a topic that is a little uncomfortable, right? Sometimes when we got to make adjustments, sometimes, you know, adjustments sometimes are uncomfortable, right? But we know that if you are always comfortable in the same place, in the same you know, lane or you're constantly doing the same thing and you're very comfortable, well, then there should be a problem because in order for us to continue to grow, sometimes we have something called growing pains. Yep. When you're a kid growing up, I used to remember I used to have these pains on my knees and my, you know, I take, I was a kid, right? And this is called growing pains. That's a physical pain, right? Some of us here are growing you know, are probably in that age where your knees sometimes probably hurt and you're growing. You're probably an adolescent and it's like, ow. So, yeah, that's part of growing. My dad used to tell me, like, man, really? And, yeah, sometimes spiritually, emotionally, and uh, mentally we need to grow. And sometimes it's an uncomfortable process. And, and now I'm going to get to this uh, extremely important topic. And it is... It's of, uh, of extreme importance, and I know that it's going to be of benefit to each and every one of us, including myself. Glory be to God. So let's start. Let's go to John 13, 34. What are you talking about, Albert? Well, here we go. This is Jesus in the New Testament. John 13, 34 says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Now you guys understand what I'm saying. It could be a little uncomfortable. How can I love all these other people that have probably done not so, they haven't done, they haven't been the best behaved individuals in my life. How am I supposed to love someone as Jesus loved me? It's right there. That could be an uncomfortable process. For some, maybe it's great. You don't know who I am. Hey, I love you, Pastor Albert. But for someone that has done something behind your back and has possibly done damage to you, who knows? I don't know. How can you love them? You see, that's when it becomes a bit uncomfortable. But you see, we're called to love one another. How about we dig a little deeper? And I was talking to my dad about this yesterday, and this is... This is very, um, this is something that I was like, wow. You know that the only commandment in the New Testament is love? Love. Love your neighbor. Love. First your God and your neighbor as yourself. You see, the only commandment in the New Testament is love. Jesus knew this best. You see, the only way that you can fulfill all the other commandments is through love. And Jesus knew this perfectly well. That's why he was talking about love. That's why he was letting us know. Because why? Well, you can't, if you really love someone, then you'll fulfill all the other commandments. Well, if I'm in love, if I, if I have love for you, the way Jesus loves me, well, I'm not going to steal from you. I'm not going to commit adultery. I'm not going to rob you. I'm not going to do, uh, do, do certain things. If you love someone, you care for that person. You tend to that person. Can I get an amen? Love is the basis. 
Love is the only way you can fulfill the commandments. It is the base of it all. It is the foundation. Well, look what it says here. As a matter of fact, how many of you have heard of the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and all the E's? You ever heard of these before? You see, Jesus didn't like these people very much, but he loved them. And it's interesting because in this conversation, and I'm about to get to it now in the book of Matthew, the Pharisees saw that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. They're there talking their thing, trying to get Jesus to flip. These are the Jesus' biggest critics, ladies and gentlemen, the Sadducees and the Pharisees and all the E's. But in this particular case, the these are these, Jesus is around a multitude of different people, and you got the Sadducees here trying to mm, trying to test Jesus's knowledge. Jesus shuts them shuts them up, and then now the Pharisees walk in, and <clears throat> and the Pharisees ask Jesus this question, Matthew twenty two thirty six to forty, and I'm tying this together. Look what it says here, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? They're trying, to, they're trying to test Jesus. It's hilarious. And he said to him, Jesus said to, to the Pharisees, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. It's number one. This is the great and first commandment. Church, say amen. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And verse 40, it says, and these two commandments depend on all, on the, on the law and the prophets. Love is the most important commandment. Someone say love. Now, how can I truly love my neighbor? Well, first of all, last week we were here, and it was incredible how we talked about how we, in order for us to be able to give something, we have to make sure we have it first. Like, how can I love someone if I don't have love? How can I give something I don't have? First of all, we need to, we need to first repent to the Lord. Amen. We did a prayer. You have to forgive yourself. Forgive others. This is a process. I'm not going to get too deep into what I spoke. Well, what was spoken last week in the end, we did a prayer. It was beautiful. And today we're going to allow the spirit of God to flow how he wants to flow. Amen. But look what it says here in 1 John 4, 7 through 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Someone say amen. That's me. Go to the next verse. Come on. There it is. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So first of all, there's someone that tells me he's not a born-again Christian. It's impossible for them to love because they don't have God, and God is love. Are we there? Say amen. You need to be a born-again Christian. You need to receive Jesus Christ, surrender your life to Christ, knowing because for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Love. Because God is love. He doesn't know how to operate in any other way. Because he is love. So he only gives love. If there's something that's not love, then that's not of God. 
So we're all clear on that. God is love. I'm going to give you one more. Galatians 5.14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. I got to back up everything I'm saying so you guys can really catch this. You shall, right there, Jesus said, here, here is um, Paul saying, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the reason why I'm talking about this. This is one of the most difficult things to do. Because the enemy knows this perfectly well. And the enemy wants you to remind you of all the bad things. Your family, your neighbor, your co-worker, whatever, whoever per person did you wrong. How is it possible for me to love someone? Well... You see, the thing about this is, is that this isn't about you understanding how. There's certain things you just won't understand, church. But you see, when you are in another stratosphere, when you are a child of God, you don't operate in the natural anymore. The natural tells you eight, one plus one is two. But if God says one plus one is five, what are you going to believe? tough because we have our why am I bringing this up well it's not normal it's not natural for me to love someone that has done me wrong x amount excommunication completely that's the way the world thinks that's the way we're operating well that's the way the world operates but you are in this world but not amen so now we have to renew our minds daily. We have to think differently. We have to understand that we are from above. We're not from the natural. We're from the supernatural. We operate the way God wants it because God is love, not you. God is love, not you. The person living in you is love. He's the one that's going to begin to, what's coming in comes out. The more time you spend with God, the more he's going to begin to reveal himself to you. The more you're going to begin to understand, have a revelation. When you dig deeper, when you have that intimacy, when you have that time alone with God, you're feeding yourself and God will begin to expose himself. And then you begin to really love the way it's meant to be. And the way it's meant to be, well, it's because you're, when you show love, you're showing God. When you love, it's God because God is love. It's a different way of viewing it. Now, I want you to check this out. We, as a body of Christ, now we understand. You see, the only, Jesus died for everyone. Everyone. Whether he may have not liked them, and it's, and it's true, there's nothing. The, the Bible's clear that Jesus was not a fan too much of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, right? And there's the, that's not a sin, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not telling you that every single person needs to come. You have to invite them over your house and they have to sit in your table. I'm not getting into it like that. But one thing is love. One thing is like for God. He died for everyone. Everyone. That's the reason why we're here. This isn't just for you. He died for people. And you need to shine your light for others. You need to show the love of God to others. Because the love is what attracts them. They say, what is it that you, this guy has, this person has? I don't have, because if they don't have it, trust me, the light that you have, it attracts. And sometimes we have to understand that we have the flesh. And we, there's a constant battle between the flesh and the spirit. 
And sometimes we allow our fleshly desires to get in the way. Sometimes we allow our desires and our wants and our feelings and our thoughts to get in the way of his wants, his feelings, and his thoughts. Doesn't that happen? That's what we call falling short when we make a mistake. And we, that's called being a, that's when we sin and we fall short. And sometimes it's pretty sad. Instead of uplifting one another, instead of edifying one another, I'm going to get into what edification means now. Sometimes we bring down instead of bringing up. Sometimes we destroy instead of building up. Look what it says here. I'm going to read this in two uh, versions. 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Look what it says here. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. Go to the, go, this is English Standard Version. Put, put, the, put the King James. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an, hath, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Edifying. Building up I like, but this is this word digs deeper. It's the same concept. Let's, let's dig a little deeper. Look what it says, what edification. Let's get to the definition. If you're with me, church, say Amen. Come on, we're getting somewhere with this. Look what it says here. The definition of edification, to edify. These are old school words, but this is something deep. And this is something that we need to constantly have in our minds. Because this is the reason why Jesus, this is the reason why Jesus died for our sins. Because of you, because he loved you. He thought of you, others. He came to serve, not to be served. Whoa. Look, he came to edify. Glory be to God. Look what it says here. Definition of edification, the instruction or improvement of a person morally or intellectually. Improvement. Church, say improvement. Synonyms of edification. Education, teaching, enlightenment, instruction, guidance, cultivation, development. Receive these words, glory be to Jesus. Uplifting, improvement, coaching, tutoring, training. This is all uplifting, all of its building. Edifying, glory be to God. We're called to edify one another. Edification is a product of love. You see, the reason why we edify, the reason why we need to build up, the reason why we need to let, you know, the reason why we need to continually, continuously be intimate with our king, renewing our minds daily, is because we're edifying ourselves. God's building us up. But you see, the whole point of this is not only to edify you, but then through you, you can help others, edify others. We need to learn and we need to be a church, a body of Christ that builds up, not destroys. Improves, increases, not decreases. But how are you going to be doing that when all you're doing is talking about someone else behind their back to other people? This got quiet real quick. And it's the truth. 
Sometimes we get it. We, man, even if you're right, you're still wrong. You may have seen someone do something that they shouldn't have been doing. Maybe one of your fellow co-workers or fellow Christians or fellow whoever. And then you go behind their back talking to someone else that's listening to all this. And all of a sudden now, even though it's true, you may be painting the wrong picture of the person. You're already starting to contaminate. You're throwing these seeds of bickering and talking garbage. And eventually you're not only hurting, you're not even, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting the person you're talking to about it. And then later the person that, that may have already repented, you already contaminated them. And maybe they find out about it and then what? Come on, church. That's not uplifting. Anything that's not edifying is a sin. How about that? If it's not building up, it's building, it's not, it's destroying. Are you edifying? Tell me about your personal relationship. Oh, God, that's another one. That's another one. How can we truly say we love one another, are building up one another, are edifying another, when all we're doing is just talking about others in a negative way? We got to change our mentality, church. I don't know if it's you watching me on the internet. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the person sitting next to you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and this is very important we all understand because we need to be a strong body of Christ. We need to be a people that builds up people, not brings them down. But what happens is we don't understand the power and the authority that we have sometimes. And look what it says here in Ephesians 4.29. Check this out. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. Say building up. And, in, and if you look at the King James, put the King James for me. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Edification. Say edify. All things be done unto edifying. Glory be to God. Well, you see, this is what, this is what I want you guys to see this. Because now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to what I talked about when the power that we have. And if you see it here, it says it so clearly. Let no corrupt communication. How do we communicate? what we say right let me let let me let's dig a little deeper and look what it says here in James 3 5 through 6 in the ESV it says here likewise the tongue is a small member I'm going to read this version for you guys so we can all be on the same page so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How many of you know exactly what I'm talking about? Okay. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Look what it says here in this verse. It says, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. 
Verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. This is deep. What does this mean? We have power of life and death, ladies and gentlemen, in our tongue. What you say, something little, that little seed, that little tiny spark can set the whole forest on fire. Look what it says in James 3. Let's skip down to verse 9. Put the ESV version for me, please, guys. Here we go. I guess me and them are a little, well, it's okay. No big deal. With it, we bless our Lord. We start speaking on the tongue. We went down a few verses. Are you with me, church? Say amen. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. So right there, I'm going to read it in this version. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. Verse 11, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Look what it says here. Verse 12, my brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is the King James Version, what you see there. Because the world yield, yield and, yeah, that's from back in the day. But it's fine because it means the same thing. The point is that you understand you have power of life and death. You see, if you think that you're, you, you say you're producing apples, but there's oranges coming out. That's a problem. Because you, what, what flows through you? Oh, come on, church. You're producing grapes or you're producing figs? Are you a fresh water or are you a salt water? It can't be. You got to pick one. Are you praising the Lord or are you cursing his creation? Oh, it's in the word. You guys read it. I read it to you earlier. And I'm being confrontational right now, and it's okay because this is part of growth. And this is why we're here, to equip ourselves. We're equipping ourselves. We have to understand that we need to be edifying, not destroying. And with your mouth, with what you say, it has power. To curse or to be a blessing. You speak life or you speak death. Which one are you, church? I choose life. Hallelujah. I choose to speak those things that, are, that God wants for my life. Regardless if I'm right or wrong, regardless of what I'm doing right now. Or let, me, let me rephrase that. Regardless of what other people may be doing, regardless of your current situation right now. You call those things that are not as though they were. You speak, and we speak life over what may seem like it's dead. Because we don't live by that now. We don't live by what we see in our physical eyes. We live with our spiritual eyes. We speak life, even though it may seem like everything around you may be dead. The same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the grave is the power that's living in you. 
You know you can resurrect whatever you may think is dead in your life. Relationships. Businesses. Family. Relationships, guys. We're here for others. We're here to edify. Don't tell me, yeah, but I can't deal with people. That's a problem. Because we are in the business of souls. <laughs> you are called to be a light in the midst of darkness. Who's in the dark? The world. You're not from the world. You're here, but you're not of it anymore. And how do we show our light? Well, through our testimony. Through by what we say. People that we surround ourselves with. Who are you surrounding yourself with? And what are you saying? Are you constantly, are you building or are you diminishing? Who here wants to be a people that build and edifies? Someone say amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Glory. Look what it says here. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. This is the ESV, English Standard Version. Look what it says here. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are also doing. Build. Someone say build. Let's be a church that builds, that shows love. Because the basis of all this is love. Real love. And that love is God. You can't do it on your own. You don't know how to love on your own. Allow God to show you. He'll make a way. Some of you will be saying, you don't understand my situation. I probably don't understand your situation. But I promise you God does. And I promise you that he can shift anything in an instant. I promise you that there's nothing impossible for him either. Ah. What do you mean, Albert? You don't understand. I, like I just said, I probably don't. But he does. It's impossible. Well, then you know what? For you, you won't receive it. What do you mean? Yeah, well, you're saying it's impossible. Boom. What are you establishing? What are you saying? What are you sowing? Because you know your words are seeds. Is it impossible? Well, for some, maybe it is. I don't know, I don't know how, how deep your faith is. I don't know what you believe. But I'll tell you one thing. What God says should be your priority. What God says should be your number one. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else will be added unto you. All else will fall into its place. But you got to understand that your God's bigger than any other obstacle that's in your way. We talk about this all the time. Some of you need to really reevaluate, look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, what am I saying? Sometimes we curse ourselves without even realizing it. <laughs> That's deep, but it's the truth. Man, I'm so stupid. I should have done that. Man, if only I was a little smart. Shh. Rebuke that. Get that negativity out of your vocabulary. You have the mind of Christ. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Put your hands together.
And this is not going to be a one day. Man, maybe, look, God, the, normally, the majority of the time, it's a process. We talk about sometimes the miracles. We talk about how sometimes, man, God will show up and amen, we receive the blessing. But other times, there's a process, which is the majority of the time. And you're going to see, especially when it comes to la boca, our mouth and our tongue, it's going to be a process. But you got to work on it daily. It's crazy, right? Sometimes we ourselves, or sometimes with our loved ones too. There's times where I've said things and I've had to repent. Yeah. Say, man, God, I'm so, first I have to ask for, for repentance from the person and then myself as well. And now, even if you think about it when you're alone, you need to repent. And then you know what? Just move forward. Continue to, that's why I call this process is a daily renewing of the mind. It's constant. But you got to make an effort. Why? Because the enemy wants you to be in complete destruction. He doesn't want you to speak edification. He doesn't want you to be a people from above. He's here to, steal, to kill, steal, and destroy. Let's be, let's, let's, I want to encourage you. Glory be to God. Look what it says here, Romans 1.12. Put it up. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Is the Apostle Paul writing this? The Spirit of God through the Apostle Paul. But you see it right there. We need to encourage one another, uplift one another. There's going to be times where, man, I'm going to need prayer. I'm going to need you to come and help me up. And there's going to be times where you're going to need help. Someone else helped you up. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are here to support one another, to uplift one another, to pray for one another, to shine our light for those in the world so they, that they can also be a part of the heavenly royal family. Someone say amen. Stand to your feet, church. Hallelujah. Come on up here, Ben. Edifying love. We need to build up, lift up, encourage. There's, there's no reason why this place, I'm not going to, I'm being honest with you, should not be filled with people. But I do know that those of you watching us live, our audience is growing online. And that's good. You don't have to necessarily come to church physically. Would be nice. It's a different experience. But there's people, whether they're sitting here or maybe you that are watching me that can tell a friend, hey, send them a link so that they can hear the word. The word is life. The way we edify ourselves is with what, what builds us up better than the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. 